surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host, and today's episode is going to be all about fathers and specifically father and daughter relationships, uh, being a black father and also being biracial. Um, So today I'm going to have a very, very special person as a guest here with me, and they've been on the podcast before. Um, So if you have listened for a long time, I don't even remember what episode number it is, but it's titled Being Biracial. And y'all probably recognize him from my Instagram. I constantly put his children on my Instagram. Uh, So if you've always been wondering who those adorable kids are, uh, this is the man. And going to share with you all a little bit about just kind of the role he's played in my life. And, you know, in lieu of, of Father's Day approaching us, I'm hoping that this episode will leave you with some kind of insight or different perspective or perhaps feel relatable and feel helpful and comforting in some way. So um, today I'm here with Robert Valentine, who I've always considered my chosen father, and I was his practice daughter. So thanks for coming back on the podcast, and (laughs) happy almost Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. um, I know we talked about this in the last episode that you were on, but... Let's maybe take a trip down memory lane for a sec and talk about who you are, how you became a part of my life, what it means to be a chosen father. So uh, how did you first meet me? Okay. So I think I met you. Um, my date might be wrong uh, or your age. Um, I think it was around you, you were four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically your mom was dating my best friend, um, mm-hmm. for a long time and not a long time, but back in those days, it was considered a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically whenever I would go up, of course I was third wheel. Um, we lived in DC, um, Northern Virginia and you guys lived in New Jersey. So I would always, yeah. um, in the beginning, I don't know if it was bring me along to kind of like hang out with you Mm -hmm. or if um but it it was you know it was like hey let's go up to new jersey take the road trip and vice versa when you guys would come down Mm -hmm. um your mom would of course you would be with your mom and we would end up hanging out so i would say just through the years kind of being um the third wheel um Mm -hmm. and no one else being around to hang out with we just basically just started i think the relationship just kind of grew from there and you were Um, how old at that time i would want to say about maybe 20 20 i want to say 21 we're probably around 21 i think we were i was 21 yeah your mom's like a year older or two years Mm -hmm. older i can't remember um but i believe um because we could cons- we I didn't, but we could buy our alcohol legally. So I want to say twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we can well, yeah, do if the I math. Was, if I was about four I'm... or five, I mean, you know, I can't do math, uh, but I was about <laughs> four or five and uh-huh. mom had me when she was 20. Right. So she would have been about 25 then Probably. around that time. Um, actually, I think she was 24 because actually I think we remember having mm. a conversation. Um, okay. Her being the older lady of the the group because um, I think she was yeah. older than Alex even. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just a little bit because I think Alex is like a year just – Almost barely a year older than mm. me because mm-hmm. his birthday is in, uh, he's a Scorpio. So I think it's mm. November and then, yeah, yeah. December. And I remember like, <laughs> I mean, I don't remember if it was Alex specifically who my mom was dating at the time, but I've, I've heard stories about a lot of her boyfriends being like, can you like get her to shut up? Because yeah. I was just always talking. <laughs> yeah. I know one time it wasn't talking. I know one time you were quiet and. Alex got upset. He was like, just make her be quiet. And I don't know if you were, I I mean, I was in the other room and I think, I mean, they were, you guys were all in the, in the townhouse. And I think like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were crying and you were just crying and crying and crying. And he was just like, can you make her be quiet? And Crystal was just, or your mom was just kind of like, oh, you know, and so I remember that, but and so with being the third wheel and always kind of being around and entertaining me, um, then Alex broke up with my mom and you made like a pretty, at least from what I've heard of it, a very intentional decision. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think with any breakup, there's multiple uh, opinions how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know they officially broke up. I basically just got a phone call. Um, and your, I think your mom was trying to get in touch with Alex. And um, there were no cell phones back then. So it was a little yeah. bit more complicated. Um, he was ghosting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, I don't know if we called it ghosting back then. It was just probably avoiding. But um, yeah. but anyway, uh, I found out what happened. And then it was kind of like... Like, oh, you know, like, okay, once I realized, like, the relationship was done, Mm -hmm. it's like, but I still, like, I have this relationship with you now, you know, that, and um, so kind of, like, helping your mom through the breakup. um, Well, I feel like you were also kind of, like, a bit of a voice of reason. I mean, you're like me, you don't drink alcohol, so even when, you know, you guys would go out and stuff, I feel like she probably leaned on you for, you know, support and, and advice in terms of dating and, and life in general, being that you were also like sober and, you know. Yeah. I think that came a lot later, mm-hmm. but I think in the after, like uh, post breakup, like right then and there, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, I was probably a voice that wasn't her friends at the time. And I wasn't, a I wasn't really like her friend. Yeah. And so it was a different, it was just a voice that kind of just let her know, like, like what happened. And also like, that's my best friend, mm-hmm. but you can't separate what happened was fucked up and how it yeah. like went down was. And I think that maybe at the point kind of shocked her like, wow, like, mm-hmm. you know, but I've always lived in kind of good and bad and doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. when you see someone that needs help, you help. Um, so basically, yeah, then we just started talking and like I knew at some point like she was going to go off and and create, a, a you know, another relationship. But mm-hmm. I think I can't remember, but I just, you know, and it could have been even her like saying basically like, you know, like, you know, 
after hearing me talk about like you know like well I want to still be in like Taylor's life and I'm sure she was like absolutely and Mm -hmm. um because at that point like in my head and now knowing the reality I was like there's I you know from going to your grandparents house to Mm -hmm. going to your cousin's house I didn't see any other black people yeah so I was just like like I like definitely had to stay a part of your life Mm-hmm. knowing that information at the time and your mom was absolutely like yeah but I don't think she viewed it from that perspective it yeah. was just more like we formed a connection mm-hmm. so yeah like we could remain friends me and your mom and then uh, like and then you could be you know yeah. friends as well I would benefit from the two of you maintaining right. contact right, yeah. right right in her head right but in my head it was like it was more about the relation, the bond that we created, even though at times, I'm sure at that age, it was probably more annoying because I yeah, think I was more... Yeah, because you'd give me wet willies absolutely. and I was and, like, I hate you. <laughs> but it wasn't more, I didn't view it as a father-daughter bond. I viewed it more as just like a, just a bond. Like I didn't yeah. title it then. It was just like... I wasn't practice daughter then. Right, right. Yeah. You just have this relationship with this little kid who's biracial and there's no one in her world that she can look to mm-hmm. as like he kind of looks like me, he doesn't look at like me. So yeah. yeah, definitely that was for me, from my side, like yeah, like I was gonna have the relationship, friendship with your mom, and mm-hmm. then absolutely I wanted to stay involved um yeah. throughout your life as well. And at that time when we lived in Jersey, had you ever met? Anyone from my dad's side of the family? Never. I've never met your dad. Um, I've seen a picture for mm-hmm. the first time, I think maybe three years, two years ago. Hmm. Um, because your mom had never showed me a picture. And you got to understand at the time, like, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't yeah. have, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think we had MySpace, but it was still like a, that still came later because I think that was yeah that was when I was in like middle school in Puerto Rico even so mm-hmm. yeah I think um, you showed me a picture of your dad the first time I yeah. think like a couple years ago like this is what my dad looked like and then I think you were on your laptop or something on Facebook and there was like a sibling like a one of his sisters yeah or something and then uh, you showed me a picture and I was just I was shocked at how similar you guys look. Even though it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you favor both of your parents, I think, fairly. But yeah. it made sense. Like, when you when I saw the picture, I was just like, oh, yeah, it looks like you're, you know, mm-hmm. you look like your dad. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then that's it. But, yeah, never met him, never. I don't even think I saw a black person in Bridgeton all the times I had gone there. Which makes sense because I was in a yeah. different you're in a different bubble. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we went to, I can never remember the name of the restaurant, but I believe Steph, one of your mom's friends, worked at this restaurant where they threw the shells on the floor. And that just mm. seems so crazy to me. Like, why? Like, is that even a thing? But we were... but like a seafood place? I don't, I don't think it was seafood. I think it was more... I don't remember what it was, but I, what stuck in my mind was just... You were like, where am I? <laughs> how, like, people could eat and just eat these peanuts. And I don't even know where the peanuts were coming from, but there were just so many peanut shells on the floor and people were just throwing them on the floor and it was okay. And everyone in the restaurant was white. Like, I was literally the only black person. <laughs> and, and I knew that at the time because when you're a black person of color, you yeah. those things pop out to you first. Mm-hmm. Like, you look around like... 
looking for that person to be like, hey, like you you mm-hmm. know you don't necessarily want to go over and talk to him, but it's just like, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would say all of my experiences to Bridgeton definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that always stuck in the back of my head, like who, like, am I the first person of color that you saw? Mm-hmm. You know, like I always wondered, like, and we didn't have deep conversations. Of course, it would have been inappropriate, I think, to even me ask your mom, like, mm-hmm. if you and your, like, if your dad was still involved in your life or whatever. But I knew, I would say throughout our relationship that he wasn't, not because I asked any questions if he was, but just your, the questions you started to have. That um, I started to have? Yeah. What question Just, I have? Well, you would ask questions like, you know, why is my nose big? Oh, uh, we yeah, were talking yeah. about that. Like, mm-hmm. why is your nose so big? I mean, mm-hmm. and um, I think one time you had said to me, like, I'm really tan. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do I can't remember. It was something about going outside, but like I was really tan um, and you weren't so tan. Um, <laughs> but I mean, kids. yeah, but I mean, and, and, and my daughter who's tan, who's, yeah. you know, mixed race, black and Mexican and all the things I'm mixed with. And Leonor's also, my wife is also mixed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she associates color, mm-hmm. you know, even herself now being yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm brown. No, she's not brown. She's tan too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Calais recognizes me as brown, and yeah. I don't know why. You know, Papa's brown. Well, he's still so. learning his colors. Yeah, he's two yeah. years old, yeah. and it makes sense. Like, yeah. like, and I remember saying, "No, Papa's black." And I'm thinking, well, if he's learning colors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he sees he black, that yeah, that's not going to even. So he's like, "Papa brown." So, yeah. so yeah, but just having those questions, and then over time, I think I just think had conversations with your mom once we established mm-hmm. uh, a friendship. Where I felt like it, I, you know, I felt that like it was it, more appropriate. Yeah, to yeah. ask like what's going on. Yeah, and so when you had met me, I was living in Bridgeton, which is mm-hmm. in South Jersey, where I was born, mm-hmm. um, Cumberland County, it's the poorest county in Jersey. And my mom made a decision. I want to say shortly after this breakup with Alex mm-hmm. um, to move me from. Bridgeton all the way across the country to Seattle. Um, She didn't want me to have the same childhood that she had growing up. My biological dad um, had just graduated high school, was trying to make something for himself, but was also like getting into trouble and wasn't really active in my life. Plus also, I guess it had another kid, um, which now we know I'm like the oldest of 11 or 12 kids. So um, she didn't tell anyone where she was going except like her family. Um, she told ma- me. Yeah. And you. Well, I don't think. No. She, yeah. She just called me because I had moved to Puerto Rico before because mm-hmm. that was the other thing. Cause she, and I remember saying like, oh, I won't be able to come back to D.C. because yeah. D.C. was just such this. I get it now, like an escape mm-hmm. of just that from Bridgeton. It was so different. Yeah. And and I moved to Puerto Rico and I remember her calling me saying, like, I'm just moving, you know, to Seattle. And I remember, like, thinking, like, what are you running from? And, I mean, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time, like, I remember asking the question and mm-hmm. she's just like, I'm not running away. My mom's there. Um, yeah. Well, my mom, her mom had grown up here in Washington yeah. and moved out here like a month or two after mm-hmm. me and mom got out here. Yeah. Um, so we had that support, but 
my mom was still at that point, you know, a single mom. And then out here in, in Seattle is where she met Jason, who's my stepdad, who's white. Um, and they got married and he was in the Air Force at the time. And then we had moved to South Carolina and all this. And so I'm curious for you, you know, being in a way, in a way, me being your practice daughter and then seeing, you know, me have those experiences and get a, a father figure in my life that is a, is a white man, what that experience was as a white man, of a white man, okay, of a white man. Mm -hmm. Um, what that experience was like for you or what thoughts were going through your head in terms of like my own personal development or racial identity, like having, you know, a, biological black father who's not present Mm -hmm. uh, or responsible and then having um, a stepdad come into my life who was white. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, so yeah, after your mom moved here, I think our relationship like definitely got stronger. We talked, we kept in contact more. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I would always ask like, what are you doing? Um, I don't remember like having a lot of phone calls. Like sometimes you would talk on the phone, sometimes Mm -hmm. you wouldn't. Um, And then I would come out and visit um, Mm -hmm. from Puerto Rico. Um, So definitely the relationship flourished um, and grew. Yeah. Uh, And then um, your mom's met Jason um, and I laughed earlier, not because she met Jason or actually we were talking about moving because when your mom told me she was moving to South Carolina, I was the, one of the first things out of my mouth was like, I'm not going to visit you guys there because, <laughs> yeah. you know, growing up on the East coast and like knowing about mm-hmm. South Carolina where they were moving to, yeah. um, I was just like, nah, I'm not interested in going there, even though I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're a flight attendant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had gone before I even started flying because we had mm-hmm. family down there. Um, so at that point, I, the reason why I chuckled was just because I remember telling her like, yeah, I'm definitely not going down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did come out to visit. Um, but to, to get to your question in particular, um, you know, when I when your mom met Jason um, and, and for me, I'm the type of person, I, when people get in relationships, like I... I don't want to say I'm standoffish, but I'm you I'm asked, supportive. You ask the questions and you're like, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah, like, let yeah, me see. Yeah, because I don't want my opinion to weigh in too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes for all my friends. Um, I support my friends. If they're happy, then I'm happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I try to hold off on my opinions into their ask. Um, yeah. But when I first met Jason... Um, now, of course, I thought he was a great guy. Like, he was, you know... Like, yeah, he's like the first was, nice guy my mom ever yeah, dated. Yeah, he was super, like, great. Like, yeah, nothing bad. Not, never had any bad, like, negative feelings, mm-hmm. bad, super great. Like, Crystal, if you're happy, I'm happy. Um, but then in my head, it, it was just like, you know, how is this guy, as with my own friend um, mm-hmm. who dated Crystal, um, like, when we would go out to restaurants people would assume assume i was dating your mom yeah and you were our child um so and you know like i didn't have relationship i mean i didn't have conversations with my friend but i could tell about it back then but i could tell like how frustrating Mm -hmm. over time that could be so when your mom basically got engaged to jason that's when i'm more like okay now i need to start you know like asking these questions and Mm -hmm. trying to find out and um, and I think I remember asking Jason 
about it. And his answer was just kind of like, you know, like Taylor's my daughter. I see her like my daughter. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it was like the the perfect answer, the right answer. But in the back of my head, I'm like, hmm, but there's going to be a lot more that comes with that yeah. over time. And mm-hmm. and then you have to balance like, do I, and it's, and it's the same thing like when you have kids of color. It's like, when do I initiate this conversation of yeah. race? Like, is she ready? Is he, so it was kind of well, like. I think that that hit him in South Carolina. Right, right. Which is too late. Yeah. Because going to South Carolina. So for me, like. Telling your mom, like, why you don't want to come? Like, she laughed as well. Mm-hmm. And she got why. I didn't, she gets why. Yeah. yeah it's not like it needs to be explained. Right, right. So for me, like, having these, I don't know, like, hindsight is twenty twenty. If I could go back and have the conversation, I would have with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew, your mom knew. I don't know if they had the conversations or not. But I just feel out of respect um, at that moment. Don't feel it was my mm-hmm. um, because too, as yeah. like your your pretend dad or your your you know that other male figure who's another color. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like step into their relationship a lot, like mm-hmm. with my opinions and with what I think, um, because I think naturally those struggles need to come up and they need to first as a couple. Uh, come together of how they're going to grasp these things. Mm-hmm. So knowing that your mom knew if they had discussions about it and still went, um, that's one thing. I know that situations came up where um, Crystal had reached out to me, your mom, mm-hmm. with like, what do I do in this situation? Yeah, because um, people were being racist. Right, right. And then, you know, like natural instincts, um, you know, you want to go to the school, you want to shut it down and and I remember telling her, uh, Crystal, your mom, um, like, this is going to be a part of her life. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to go and um, fix, this, fix problem. this problem. Shelter me from this yeah, problem. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. she's going to have to, like, like fix it herself. Learn how to, like, take that on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, you going to the, complaining to the parents, complaining to the school, it's just going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um but what, you know, f- you know, from my opinion, what I think you need to do is just have the conversation and then try to give her the tools that like how, like, mm-hmm. are these your friends or to question your friends? Like, why are you using yeah. that word? Why are you? And I don't know if she did or didn't, but I never heard anything afterwards. So it was kind of like the problem mm-hmm. as far as from my standpoint went away. Yeah. And I think like... As I think about situations like that, it's for kids that are biracial, this is where I'm like, yeah, it is really important to have someone in your life who can relate to those kinds of experiences because I think my mom was raising me and Jason, my stepdad, yes, as I'm their daughter, but also without that inclusion of I am their black daughter mm-hmm. um, to where that is going to be a very real part of my experience that they not only don't really have experience dealing with or can relate to, but that they also were not very well equipped to like guide me through in mm-hmm. the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then having that lack of support of not having anyone else in my family or in my, you know, even in my parents' friends to be able to get that support from other than you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were in Puerto Rico still at the time. And so, um, you know, as, as I even look at like pictures and stuff that I have of us from when I was little here, like a lot of the pictures are from here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's a single (laughs) photo of us from when I lived in South Carolina. No, actually, I think there's one that was on my MySpace when I went. Um, Yeah, because Jason wasn't there when we went. There was one that I took um, when I went. I Hmm. do, I don't know. I have to see if I can remember my login Mm -hmm. to MySpace. But I think there's one picture of us in South Carolina. And there's a few from like, None from Bridgeton, but I think I have some from like when you were down in DC. Yeah, there's um, one from DC here from Fourth of yeah. July. No, that's the wine festival, actually. How appropriate were we? Yeah, that's the wine festival. I don't think that's Fourth of July. No, that's Fourth of July. That's what Mom always told me. This photo is from Fourth of July in DC. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the wine festival. Um yeah, this is the this is 100% the wine festival because I have the other picture of this um where you're walking up the hill. I can check it out. No, home. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. But yeah, needless to say, <laughs> South Carolina. The 4th um, of July sounds more appropriate as a parent. So let's go with 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to actually see, you know, actually if it was 4th of July, I probably would have been wearing something festive. And no one's wearing anything festive. Well, you picked your outfit, so I'm sure you True. back in your, at that time you were probably being festive. I would have never dressed up for the Fourth of July. So yeah. Um, so going by just that picture, it's hard to say. I'm putting my well, money on the wine festival. All right, we'll have to ask mom and as well. But um, I did want to stress on your point about like. Like when you're raising a fan, like a biracial child, and mm-hmm. I have friends who have adopted um, black children, and and to me, I think it is in super important to reach out to other people of color yeah. um, when you're raising children of color, be it Hispanic or whatever, um, for two reasons: one, to have that support, but I, like especially dealing in the climate today that mm-hmm. we're in right now. Um, as a parent now, I'm observing. These conversations that a lot of my um, friends are having with their like their children now, and a lot of my friends um, back in D.C. that um, don't really have a lot of black friends, so they're now reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. And I and one thing hit me the other day is like you know we tell our children one thing, but we don't follow up with showing it or acting it out. So you know we say like everyone is equal. Everybody mm-hmm. is, you know, everyone is... You can be anything you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know, like, black people are no different. Like, we need mm-hmm. to respect black people. We need to... Or Hispanic or Asian or whatever. But if your circle... Reflects Reflects just only white. Like, kids pick up on that. Yeah. They pick up on that more than... I think parents realize. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell your child that you know race isn't an issue, and you don't have any friends of color, yeah, you're sending a miss message, and they pick up on it. They pick up on it more than you think you do because if race isn't an issue, why aren't any 
people of color ever mm-hmm. coming to our barbecues? Why doesn't the family down the street doesn't come to our barbecues, but our other neighbor comes to the barbecues? And they're not going to ask those questions. So for me, you have to model what yeah. you preach. Because if what you're preaching isn't modeled, then you're preaching gibberish mm-hmm. and and they're going to and they're going to take it as that. So yeah, you're you're saying one thing but doing the other thing. So yeah, you need a village and I think until this day I think it takes a village to raise a kid and the more people that your children mm-hmm. are exposed to and we can get into it a little bit later cuz I think it was one of the questions that mm-hmm. um or one of the conversations that we we have talked about before, but you really need to like make sure that your 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 village represents your core beliefs. Mm-hmm. So if so, in order for, for for the message to be well received, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, like, you know, I identify you as like a chosen father, as like chosen family, mm-hmm. and. You know, we've joked throughout the years of like me being practice daughter. And I'm wondering like at what point for you did you feel like in a way and maybe, I mean, maybe still not even and and maybe never, but of, I guess maybe it's just have you ever. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many ways this question could go here, but like (laughs) I've seen you in my life as someone who has like in a way been responsible for me who has like provided guidance for me who mm-hmm. has like looked out for me and like really been there for me and i guess like at what point did it feel like for you that like oh she is kind of literally like my practice daughter yeah. like before you had had naya or Calais mm-hmm. of like what role I then was playing in your life to where you were almost in a father figure role before being a father. Mm -hmm. For me, I would say, um, when I, so when I explain to people who you are, Mm -hmm. I always say like a, like a goddaughter in a sense, because we never went to church. There was no christening. There was no baptism. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, your mom's never even said, do you want to be, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I just decided myself, like the closest relationship um, at that, I mean, this is as we're coming up. So I'm like, it's kind of like a goddaughter. Like mm-hmm. you check in, you see how they're doing, you have a relationship. Um, yeah. and then as we, um, I would say when we moved to, cause when we moved to Seattle, you guys were in, um, Baltimore, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I would say once you got kind of in high school where we could kind of like, interact online yeah. and and where it wasn't like I had to go like kind of like I was calling your mom and then mm-hmm. I would talk to you. I think I would be like, oh, this is almost like a, a practice daughter. Mm-hmm. And I never said that in my head, but I, and I, and I think the reason why, because for me, when you have a practice daughter, it's, there's two, there's a lot of, there's the emotional side of being a parent. Mm-hmm. There's the supportive side of being a parent. And then there's like the financial aspect mm-hmm. of being a parent. So yeah. there's these different like branches of it. So I would never want to take on the role, like just saying mm-hmm. like, you know, like she's like my daughter type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, especially without having the conversation with how you feel. But once you started to say like, I'm like his practice daughter, mm-hmm. it made sense. I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, but with that, sometimes like I felt bad saying even practice daughter because of the role of, you know, Jason, like Jason mm-hmm. has played an important role mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't the emotional yeah. It was definitely the more supportive, which is a big deal. And as I'm a parent yeah. now, like I recognize like at different stages of life, mm-hmm. those like kids start to see those things. Like Naya doesn't like she doesn't know like five cents from five hundred dollars. She's so. learning today, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, as she's learning, you know, like it's you know, the value of money. But to her, if it came down like Hey, Naya, I'll give you $1,000 or do you want to go to the park with me? Yeah. She's going to say, I want to go to the park, you mm-hmm. know. Now, yeah. when she gets about 16, she'd be like, no, give me the money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend any time <laughs> yeah. with you. And I know that day will come. So yeah. I always felt bad taking on the, the like a dad, like a, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's those other pieces. Um, but, but this is once again where that village for me is mm-hmm. so important, um, even with my children, because there's going to be a day where my kids don't want to come to me. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have those conversations. They don't want to, uh, you know, like bond on issues. And mm-hmm. so having that village, that's why it's important because yeah. I know like she can go to you like now, like she has secrets, you know, like yeah. she'll tell me like, I told Taylor a secret. And I know that, you know, like I can trust because I know you and that mm-hmm. village and those other people, like her secret is safe. I don't even want to know the secret. Yeah. If it was a secrets of importance, like I know you would tell mm-hmm. me, but I don't want to know the secrets, but I want to have the confidence in my village mm-hmm. that when she's in a situation where she doesn't feel comfortable coming to me, she still has that village. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's in a way kind of like a selfless way of parenting because yeah. it's not yeah. this like, I am your everything. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I don't want to be your everything. And I think, <laughs> as you said, there is a little bit of that balance of like, you definitely didn't ever step into that responsibility like financially wise in terms of being quote like a dad in my mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. that was definitely more of an area where like Jason as my stepdad was like hardcore provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I remember even in high school, like, yeah, when you were in Seattle and I was in Baltimore um, and dating, starting to date guys in high school. And like, it was never for me, it's never been a like, you know, this, the, the movie, like, oh, like I'm going to bring you home to meet my parents. I'm like really nervous. And like, you know, you got to make sure that like you impress my dad or like my dad's going to be really protective. Like Mm -hmm. dad isn't even ever a word I even really say, but like for with Jason and and my mom, it was never this, like, you know, we had more of like a friendship bond where it was like, yeah, like come hang out with like me and my parents. Mm -hmm. And like, when you came, I mean, oh, no, specifically, be on it was, it, yeah, like it was a big deal if a, if a guy was meeting you that it was like, you better come correct. Like yeah. you don't even know what's about to hit you. Like he, and at the time mm-hmm. it's really annoying and like really embarrassing right. because you like, you really, really would embarrass my boyfriend and, <laughs> and I'd be like, stop, I hate you. But in hindsight, I'm like. No, like he really cared and was like really making sure that the guys that I w- was dating like were not fucking with me, yeah. that they were... Well, it's not, it's, and you know, like even when I, I think of, you know, I have these conversations a lot about Naya when she starts dating. Yeah, and, and you're and going to get for, your karma. It's and, coming. And for me, it's like, I, for me, it's not about, 
embarrassing them. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, and a lot of times your boyfriends were white. Yeah. So for me, it's like, if you can't handle me, like I'm not physically going to harm you. Mm-hmm. I'm not physically going to do anything. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you questions that you don't even can't even prepare for but because for me what i want to see is if you're going to be walking around with my biracial Mm -hmm. as a white guy i want to know if you can stand up to the world yeah because the world is gonna like you're gonna get stares from black men you're gonna get stares from white men you're gonna get stares from everybody so if you can't sit comfortable and the conversation with me that's more telling to Mm -hmm. me than anything yeah so yeah 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 so it's it's not a test because i want you to date the worst guys i want you to date the best guys um but within them i want you to know the value that you bring to the relationship and Mm -hmm. i want you to always know like if someone does not meet your standard they like you deserve better to step away Mm -hmm. and and you know, and that's why, like, I, I I didn't care more about, like, how you felt at the time about the guys because I knew, like, these this one's going to be your man forever. You're always, like, or, right off the bat, though. You're but like, I'm like he's yeah, not the one. Yeah, I'm like, how yeah. do we know yet? And, and I can tell within, like, like how how the conversation goes, mm-hmm. how how they answer the questions. Because to me, if you're just dating a girl because she's pretty or she's going to – she makes you feel proud walking around with her or yeah. these things. Like I know the relationship because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And like one of my questions will always and has always been, you know, have you dated a, a girl of color before? Yeah. And I mean, even if it's a black guy, that's going to be a question mm-hmm. because it comes with, you know, like it, I, I would love to wish we lived like all women are the same type of thing. But it isn't because yeah. when you're dating a woman of color, you're going to get it from all sides. Mm-hmm. So I, got, I want to know if that it, and if that hasn't crossed your mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've There's always some, brought yeah. it up as a conversation, but yeah. then, yeah, they, you know. Right. So they've had now two chances <laughs> to form some. And if you don't, if you haven't confronted yeah. a response yet then that's that's a concern for me but yeah. am i going to say taylor break up with the guy am i going to say taylor you shouldn't date that guy i'm going to say taylor i don't think he's the one yeah. but i feel it is important that you continue to date that guy because there's a lesson in that relationship hopefully that you will absorb mm-hmm. that will empower you for the next relationship and the next relationship and the next relationship yeah. And I mean, I feel like you probably already know this, but like you've been hella instrumental in me having those conversations and in me like coming to terms with some of those things and like thinking about, okay, well, how do I deserve to be treated in a relationship? How can I stick up for myself in these situations? How can I, you know, curate and uh, develop a relationship where I really am seen and where I am treated with respect and with value and that this person can step outside of themselves a bit and also see the bigger picture as to how not only I'm perceived in the world, but as to how they will be perceived through me Mm -hmm. also together in this world um and that's a those are conversations and lessons that growing up you know with with my both white parents i never had um that's never been brought up
up as a concern. And so, you know, like you're emphasizing on this village piece here, I think this is where like you've brought a major strength to my life um, where, you know, now sometimes it is really emotional for me, like being with Naya, because I see where she's growing up with all of this now. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, like how different could my life have been or how different could, um, you know, my relationships in my life have been if I had felt this way growing up, if I had been exposed mm-hmm. to this stuff when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think like if I, if I could go back in time, I would have def- definitely um, initiated a lot of these conversations earlier Mm-hmm. Um, but I was coming from a younger mindset as yeah. well. Um, but my, I, I'm, I'm allowing space for even Naya to experience mm-hmm. those same things because yeah. society mm-hmm. is a bigger, you know, and her friends and influencers and not influencers as far as Instagram, <laughs> but like her friends and mm-hmm. just society in general will, you know, sh- mold her in a way that she's Mm going to question a lot of things still as well. But that's once again, where I, I, I want to create a village, you know, like my, like how I see my village is like Thanksgiving at my house. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of languages, there's lots of people. And it's also like, when I say to Naya that, Mm -hmm. you know, people, we are all, you know, like, like you should have friends of different colors. We should blah, blah, blah. I want her to even just not colors language. Like I want her mm-hmm. to see me having a hard time communicating with someone who speaks Arabic. Mm-hmm. I want her to look at me like like trying to trying to communicate with these people, um, or yeah. not those people, or but just I want her to focus on or look at like the like. I'm trying to connect with these people. We don't speak the language, but they're a value. They're important. They're in our house. They're eating with us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that if you, we could look back on life and just say like, yeah, like if I would have had these same things, how would life be different? How would life, but, you know, like. I mean, I know, I know I can't necessarily do that, but I think it's when that thought comes up, it's almost like. It's, I recognize that it is my inner child mm-hmm. that's like feeling hurt by that and was uh, maybe desiring it without knowing oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And where then it's like, Not okay. Maybe. <laughs> Not maybe. <laughs> then it was. Um, <laughs> where it is, it's, it's difficult to sit in for a moment, but then I also like shift out of that and where I'm like, I'm so happy that I do get to see her grow up with this piece in her life and to maybe not struggle as difficultly, if that's word, uh, as I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, as we talk about like fathers and and being a father, like how your relationship with your father, if at all impacted, like how you've shown up in my life and then also now in your life with uh, Naya and Calais as your kids. Yeah. Um, so before having kids, I had a vision of what a father would look like. And mm-hmm. this was this is at a young age. And there's different stages where this will, I think for most men, like there's a stage like I'm never going to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. And then there's a stage of, you know, like 
you bonding with a, another male role model and like, oh, I want to be like him. And mm-hmm. and then you have kids and it all gets thrown out the window because yeah. it's like, oh, like, you know, like I don't want to enter this relationship with how I want this person to be for me versus mm-hmm. letting this person be and molding yeah. myself around who this individual is type of thing. And when, what I'm trying to say better is that I think that um, I've had a lot of like, so let me back it up a little bit. So as a young kid, like my dad worked at night. Mm-hmm. So like when I saw my dad, like a lot of times, like when I'm awake, he was kind of sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and my younger memories of my dad is just, he was at my like football games when I played for like the community football. Um, but he was either working or doing something. Do you feel like he went against those, some of those? No, like, no, stereo- no, 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 no. Some no. of those stereotypes like of what a oh, black oh, dad oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And see, I had... And the stereotype has been, you know, like fathers aren't in the home. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents are now divorced. But mm-hmm. I want to say my foundation is my dad was home, but I would say he wasn't um, at a younger age as present, you know, because mm-hmm. he was a, like my dad is kind of like a uh, there's always something to do. There's always something that mm-hmm. needs to be done. Yeah. So and when you're with a kid, like you don't the, you can't tell a clean floor from a dirty floor. Like mm-hmm. you just it's just you don't care. Yeah. So a lot of times, like I as a young kid, I would yearn for like, you know, I would see my other friends, you know, doing things with their dad. And my dad's a, definitely an introvert. Like he doesn't really like to travel. Um, as far as like the neighbors coming over and having dinner, he's not interested mm-hmm. in it. But he'll go cut the neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. Like he'll wash their car if he's washing their car. But he doesn't even want them to come over and say like, thank you. Um, you know, he's just kind of like, you stay in your house. I'll stay in my house. We'll greet each other. We'll be nice. If you need anything, call me. But I don't really want to go to your house for dinner. I don't want you to come over to my house. And my mom is extrovert. Everyone come yeah. into the house yeah. type of thing. So watching my my dad, I learned um, and where I see, my, see it in myself now as a father is that mm-hmm. definitely like there's always something to do. Yeah. Um, there's like you can wa- like do laundry. You can. There's always something that needing to be done. But now it's like I want to break that cycle though. At the same time, so mm-hmm. there's there's this like shift of like that's what's downloaded in me. So that's what I do. Yeah. But then there's like the child in me saying, "But Naya wants you to watch a movie with her." Mm-hmm. So like I want to give her that. Yeah. And I'll just do laundry at night or I'll sweep the floors at night. Yeah. Even though and I don't think you had to balance that with me because that no, our time no, was absolutely. always just like playtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, I had no other, like I had responsibilities, but not like now, like yeah. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. I can just come to Seattle when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so like, like to, so that's like a earlier part. And then as you grow up, like, uh, so when my parents divorced, I actively sought out families of color that had like that bond that I needed to still be able to focus on. Hmm. So like the Baines for me, um, I would spend probably a lot of time at their house, even when their kids weren't there. So kind of hmm. like I would go over to hang out with their kids. You're like, can I be your practice son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't practice son. It's just like, yeah. you know, in this chaos, I need normalcy type hmm. of thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be a white family and I don't want it to be a Hispanic family and I don't mm-hmm. want it to be an Asian. Like I need like people of color. Mm-hmm. And same thing, they opened the door to me. They opened their refrigerator to me. Whenever there was a party, they would invite me. And I don't even think they knew this was all going on. Yeah, but you it's were just... essentially like creating that village for yourself. Correct, correct. So, and because my dad wouldn't create that, I mean, he's just not that type of person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like some of my greatest moments ever were in that house. And I think mm-hmm. like when they sold that house, I was just devastated because yeah. I'm like the memories that I had in that house was just mm-hmm. like, how could you sell this house? Like I, I was going to bring my kids to this house, you mm-hmm. know, like and so for me, like when I'm looking, you know, as I'm parenting my children, I bring some of him mm-hmm. into. So as you as you manage through life. As a male, when you have kids, I think you kind of go back and look at like who influenced you. And you, for me, I yeah. want to, I want to take the positive things mm-hmm. and and and. Um, but you know, like just like the other day, someone was. I, I do a lot of conversations with a lot of my friends online, um, and we were having a conversation the other night. Like, yeah, with Father's Day, like, what is what does Father mean to you? Mm-hmm. Like, this came up and. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, you know, you just, you know, just being there for your kids, you know, I'm always going to just blurt things out when I don't think I'm just like, this is what it means. This is what it means. But I process like a lot later. And when I laid down, I was, you know, thinking about like, what is it to like, what does it mean to be like a father? And for me, I was like, I think the most important thing for me is to be... And, I, and I'm going to laugh because I, I was all excited and took this back to the discussion and got shot down. But I was like, for me, be, what does it mean to be a father is to be a better husband is number one. Because for me, I wouldn't be a father without Leonor. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I, that, that's an honor that I need to you know, pay back. Um, but also for your... Your children to see, yeah. I think, is important. So I was all excited, went back to my group. I was like, I got it figured out. And then <laughs> not thinking, not processing. I'm a Sagittarius. Not explaining either, I don't, like. Yeah, I don't filter. Um, I went back and I was like, to be a better husband. And everyone was like, no, that's that, that makes sense. I like that. And then I have one friend who's actually going through a divorce. And I was just like, mm. oh. and, <laughs> and when he started to talk, I was just like, Oh, you didn't, you know, you didn't, cr- you didn't check that one, you know, and yeah. and when he said it, you know, he agreed, hmm. he agreed, and he goes, you know, from like moving forward, instead of saying a better husband, how about we just say a better partner? Yeah, because I still have to, like, Co-parent. I still want that challenge. He said, mm-hmm. like, I still want it because I want to be a positive role model for my children. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be. All these things, and I still want to honor their mother, which for me was just like ah, yeah. because in the in the in the current situation, his wife is just being super evil. So mm-hmm. for for him to say like I still want to honor her was just mm-hmm. like wow. Um, but I know he knows for the rest of his life he has to have this partnership with her. Yep. So he said from now on, let's just say like being a father is being number one, a a better partner, 
instead of husband. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, and you were speaking specifically to you. Right, So, right, like, for right, you, it is right. the role of being a husband. Right, yeah. right, right. But I think even for me, moving forward, um, and the reason why I did say husband was because I wanted to basically go into the story, but I will I will say a better partner as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not the title yeah. The title's there, but it's the action. And I feel with husband, there's still this kind of like, like, you know, like ownership tied to it type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where. It's my wife. Yeah. No CEO is like, you know, like no person of a good company is what approaches. Like we're all kind of equals and we're in this together instead of like, I'm the fucking CEO. Mm-hmm. This is how, how should we get, you know, when you step to the table as I'm the CEO, how do you guys want to handle this? Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of like, well, you know, you're the CEO, you're the you CEO. handle yep. yeah, you handle it, obviously, you know, so mm-hmm. I want to, I want to make sure I use that word partner moving forward because to me it's more empowering. Yeah. And, and in this space where you're looking at my wife as an equal mm-hmm. in this partnership of, marriage of yeah. unity of raising kids um then the second part of being a father for me which i bought up was just being present mm-hmm. yeah and i and i see so much like like and, I, and I'll, I'll i'll i will go on record because we're recording and videoing so i don't know which one i'm supposed to be rea- responding to but i'll go Audio. on record yeah i'll okay i'll go on record saying like um this was probably about a year and a half ago. I was playing with Naya and mm-hmm. on my phone. Mm-hmm. And we were playing, we were having fun and she was talking to me and I like zoned out for a second into like whatever it was on the phone, which was not important. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, are you talking, are you playing with me or looking at your phone? And I like stopped and looked at her. I was like, thank you, Naya. Mm-hmm. I was like, from, from here on out, if you feel like I don't, and she will, I'm like, if yes. you feel like <laughs> you don't have my attention or I've, or not, if I'm not even playing with you, if you're, if you feel like I've been on my phone too much, mm-hmm. let me know. Yeah. Like, let me know. Yeah. And, and she does. And she and, definitely does. The yeah. other day when it was Kalei's birthday, yeah. I was in like the dirt playing with her and he started pushing his lawnmower and I like went to take a little video of it. And so I was taking a video of him and she's like, are you just going to be on your phone? Are you going to play with me? And I was like, Naya, I am playing with you. I just wanted to take a short video of right, Calais because right. he's pushing his toy. But yeah. yes, you know what? I'm here with you. Right. And then... <laughs> so she'll tell you. No, definitely. And, and and to me, like, as a parent, like, kids don't care, even if you're doing a video. Like, they yeah. don't care no, about the video. she didn't care They why. just want you to play with them and they want you to be in the moment and they want you to be present. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, just that little lesson has even, re, like, refocused my attention just to life like you know mm-hmm. when i'm with lan or like yeah. talking to her and not on my phone and and mm-hmm. and well and i think that that like stays pretty consistent even as even as kids grow up mm-hmm. i mean even being you know 26 almost 27 myself i'm like being able to have like our phone conversations where mm-hmm. you are really present in conversation with me means mm-hmm. so much because not only did I not really receive much of that growing up, but it is that sense of presence of like, okay, you care about this time and connection with me and like you are here present with me. And right. like a lot of the conflicts even that I've had with my parents are around this like 
my life is very different now, but I still want you to be present in my life. Yeah, like, and no, I feel absolute, this lack of presence. Absolute, I don't need yeah. financial support, but like, I, I would just want you to be present. Yeah. So and I think I, that, and I think for a lot of parents, especially in the United States, because as I travel, you, you know, you see different cultures and, mm-hmm. but in the U S I think financial gifts and, and I think this, it's easier to parent financially. Yeah, well, and I also think that people feel, you know, once your child's an adult that you're, like, relieved of any sort of responsibility for them. Mm. Um, I mean, yes, I can see that. But I think even, I I mean, I guess what I meant to say is from, like, from early age to older adults, like, just, you know, when when you're with your children and you're creating that, you know, space... It's easier for me to like, it would be easier for me to go to the store, buy a toy, give it to Naya, and Naya and would go play for two hours and let me do mm-hmm. versus playing with your child. Like it yeah. is easier. And, and when I say parent as, I mean, financially, you know, blah, now I got it all twisted. <laughs> <laughs> you also, I will say so far in this episode, you've done great with your words because you usually oh, yeah. are so Absolutely. bad with mixing your words. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? Right. But to parent financially is what I'm trying to say. To parent financially is yeah. so much easier. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I just it think like, less energy. yeah, well, even as older kids, like I don't want to deal with my kids, so I'm going to send them off for school. And yeah. I tell myself it is for them to get a better education mm-hmm. and I have more time. And I've... I've tried to focus on, you know, the opposite of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I do fall into like just getting toys and, you know, books and stuff yeah. that will just hold Naya's attention for 15 minutes because she more wants you, mm-hmm. you know, she's just that type of kid. Yeah. But I think that it is emotionally, we've, we're coming to this place where it's harder to connect. Emotionally connecting with people is so much more draining. Well, so, it depends on who the people are. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's probably at that point because you're not giving it or you're not receiving it. Yeah. So there's one thing about like growing up that when I went to people's homes, I had their mm-hmm. attentions. I had, so when someone, so in my village, I want to create a safe space. So when you mm-hmm. come to my house, if you're coming to my house at night and you're saying something's happened, you're coming to my house. I'm not going to look at my cell phone. Like I'm going to yeah. engage. I'm going mm-hmm. to, we're going to talk it out. A lot of times I got to get up at like six in the morning that next morning. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have the, if the discussion has to go to five 30, mm-hmm. you're important enough to me. I can make that sleep up when I'm dead. Yeah. But if you have an issue, absolutely. Like, and that, and that's, what I want to create for my children too within my village. Like if my children can't come to me, if I piss my child off, if I make yeah. Naya upset, I want to know that she has a safe place to go. She to have be like, this, where's Tay-Tay? <laughs> to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And which is great is like, like, you know, we talk a lot about um, action versus impact and, you know, intention versus impact. There we go with the words. words. It's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Intention versus impact. Yeah. Um, Like I could do some of the, like something that I think is great, but Naya can take it another way. Do I want Naya to go talk to her friends who um, might not have her best in, you know, intentions? Mm -hmm. Or do I want her to go to you 
who can be like, yes, your father is like that. Yes, your dad is crazy. And give her the tools that she needs Mm -hmm. to come back home and feel safe. So for me that, yeah, if you you don't create a good men, not women, I I want, and I would do want to stress that because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of families feel like women need to create their villages. I think as a male, you also need to create... Mm-hmm. your village as well and yeah. bring those villages together because you know like mm-hmm. the, it, it's only going to be beneficial like down the road do you feel like you have extra pressure or any pressure at being a father that you are black and have other stereotypes that you feel like you have to like fight against or does that just feel like not not very present for you um absolutely but like in my home Mm-hmm. I, that is my safe place. That yeah. is my my yeah. nest. That is my where I can relax. That's where I can peel back layers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sacred to me. Mm-hmm. So you know when I hear of like you know a male black male getting shot in their home, like that to me is just that's mm-hmm. even crazy. Like that's beyond crazy to me because yeah. it's like my safe. You know, like this is just my safe place. Um, parenting as as a I mean not parenting being a father. Um, especially a father of color, um, like a lot of people are like, you know, how are you processing right now with all mm-hmm. this stuff? And I'm like, this is this is something new for you. Yeah. This is something like, this is always, like I could have the best morning. Like I can make up and Naya can make me the worst uh, scrambled eggs ever, but I'll mm-hmm. eat them and then we'll have fun and we'll have a great morning. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I open the door, the world attacks. And this is what I, like, I've been trying to explain to some of my friends, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll walk out the door and, you know, I'll say hi to my neighbors. My neighbors, you know, we made it a point to live in a yeah. neighborhood that is like super diverse. It's changing, but it's still <laughs> predominantly. Gentrification yeah, is happening. Yeah, but it's still diverse. Um and my neighbors are mad cool and, you know, I can go out and say hi. Um, you know, then I get to work and then it's just, I call them little setups where, you know, you'll be walking and you'll see a lady just grab her purse as she mm-hmm. sees you. And, you know, and I remember young thinking like, oh, this is more me than them. Like I'm, maybe she just grabbed her purse the wrong way. Like just mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading like more maybe, yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then as you grow up as a black male, you know, you realize like, like, no, like yeah. more and more people are doing this. And, you know, um, it's so, a microaggression. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going out in the world and basically like you can either sit back and pay attention to it, but you can't ignore it. But anyway, you're still absorbing it. Mm-hmm. And so by the time, you know, I get back home to my safe place, like, you know, you feel kind of beat up and, but Naya doesn't care what happened yeah. out in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, that's the beauty. Like she doesn't care if I'm tired. She doesn't care how many, uh, the pressure because mm-hmm. there's a, and I'll go a little bit into it, but she doesn't care about that. Like she's ready to yeah. play. And, and I have to wash that off. You feel like I, that Kevin Hart clip sometimes where like you're pulling up, you're pulling up to the driveway <laughs> in the house and you see the kid looking out the window yeah. like, daddy, I'm ready to play. Yeah, no, and you're just like, going to back out of this driveway. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to back out because I really, like it really, it really softens me as a male, mm-hmm. especially, and I, and I don't know if it's because my oldest child is a girl mm-hmm. you know um and i and i'm and i have a son as well who's younger but i still want that 
effect. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I, I, it softens you because the, I mean, when you step outside the home as a black, the pressures are like, if it, mm-hmm. if, if it doesn't like eat you up, like you, at some point you're going to break. So you can break positively or you can break negative. I mean, I remember one time, like I was just a horrible day. And I think like me and Leonora, like this was when we were just trying to figure out what parenting was. Mm-hmm. And like, just like I got home from work and it was a shitty week at work. Like just um, at a passenger, I'm a flight attendant. I had a passenger in first class texting someone and he actually, I actually being nosy, looked down at his <laughs> yeah, text. Yeah, you are real nosy. Yeah, looked down at his text <laughs> and he was like, this is great. I'm being served by a nigger. So it was kind of like, do I say, you know, you want to react and it's naturally for me. You've never told me that. No, I didn't. Like it was, if you were on Facebook, you would have saw it because there was like this whole, exactly. But there was this like whole discussion after that. And like, I, I was mad at myself because I didn't say anything, but I was, but then I understood like. Then it's like, well, you know, like all these different things, like my mom pops in my head, well, that's what you get for being nosy, you know, like all these different, and then I'm like, it's not okay. Mm-mm. And then I, and then I just went to like a comp, a person from my company. I was like, I know our policy is like, we don't um, tolerate discrimination mm-hmm. between employees, but if I was to fly off the hinges at this guy, yeah, does, does that same support are you going to back me up or this employee? Even though I looked at his You tech. mean customer. I mean customer. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to back up? And it was like they 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 didn't really have an answer, which made me it was just made me sink into myself even more. Yeah. Cuz they're like, yeah, if another employee calls you a nigger, like they're gone. We're not mm-hmm. going to tolerate it. But if this first class passenger who was an elite member and you were to like go off the hinges, they literally looked at me and was like, I don't know how we would handle that. And I'm looking at them like, what's the what difference? Do you mean? Yeah, what's the difference between him and that employee? Like, if, if we don't, and, and then it just like, so we don't value what we say mm-hmm. we value. And then, like, I think, like, me and Leonor had gotten into maybe an argument. I don't really argue, but mm-hmm. I would want to just say discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I was like really bummed coming. Like I was just like, oh, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go work. I don't know where I want to be. And mm-hmm. opened the door and I was just like, Papa, I'm so happy you're home. And I think I just like just started like having eye sweats right there at the door. You know, yeah. like my eye sweat. I don't cry. My eye sweat. Oh, come on. And um, no, I do cry. Yeah. And it was just like, and then everything just kind of went away. And I was like, thank you, Naya. And she's like, you thank you for what you know she's like mm-hmm. what am i thanking you for and i was just like oh daddy had a horrible day mm. and she's like did you bring me a surprise and i was like uh i don't know <laughs> and she's like oh and then like and like i just laughed i sat there and laughed because i was like oh like she was like happy to see me and the surprise that mm-hmm. she like created in her head and i was like that's so my child and mm-hmm. And, She's a cancer. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, there, there's, there's so many pressures, um, mm-hmm. and you know, as I talk to my white male friends, especially like now, you know, with them reaching out right now, like you know, like the challenges they have coming home, and and I'm like, just them, 
and and I, and I like I can identify with them, but I'm just like still like just add this other layer to mm-hmm. it, like um, yeah, and like you know like just driving home, like you know like you have all these like little triggers um, mm-hmm. that are just like you know like a cop passes you and you're like oh shit, mm-hmm. like you know like these just little things, and it's like you got to deal with all this until you get home, and then once you get home, it's just like ah, then you don't want to leave, yeah. you know, type of thing, but. Yeah, no, there's definitely, I try not to focus on it mm-hmm. too much when it's not happening. Like, I, I deal with it and I, I try to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, like, like you know, I was thinking the other night, like, um, as far as like this village and and like your dad not being in your life. And I was thinking the other night, like, would he be happy that I stepped up? Would he be angry that I stepped up? And it first started kind of through the, con- like, thinking about Jason and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, me being very sensitive to his role and not wanting to. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like, you know, like, man, I wonder how, like, your dad would, I don't know if you say father or dad, because I always get them, like, people like, he's he was a father, like, he was a dad. He's my dad. He's not my father. Or I hear, like, <laughs> I mean, he's I my just, father, not my dad. Or I mean, he's my was, sperm. Yeah, yeah, when I was younger, I'd say he's my sperm donor. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I just say he's my <clears throat> biological dad. Right. But, but, I, but I, you know, I was sitting there thinking, like, would he be upset? And then as I, like, really started to, like, dive deep into the conversation, I was like, I don't think he would be upset. Um... And I think, like, as far as the village, like, I feel as black men, this is where we need to step up. Mm-hmm. Like, if we see, like, like a, a father is struggling. Yeah. If we see that a father is not able, because we can only come, we can only step up with what we have. Yeah. And when you don't have enough. And then I, and then I, and then I started to think also, like, like how has like I know my how society has like basically like fucks me up daily, mm-hmm. but it's like has society like fucked him up so much? Oh yeah, that he couldn't, you know. So I can't. I don't think there's any like real significant area of being a father that he mm-hmm. would actually feel capable of being able to step up to. Yeah, I mean, lack of education. Lack of financial resources. Yeah, but history even, of being in jail for not being able to pay child support right, for but we, selling drugs. But we have, to try to no, absolutely. But I, I want to say like we have, you know, and we were talking earlier about the CDC study that actually said that mm-hmm. black males are actually more active in their children's lives yeah. than any other race. So, but there are plenty of dads that don't have education. There are plenty of dads mm-hmm. that had criminal records. There's that still step up. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 like, and I will say I do see. I mean, from some other siblings where he does attempt to, mm-hmm. but again, I think he struggles because I don't think he really knows how, and I think yeah. he sees where he has um, failed, right. completely no, failed absolutely. as a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, I feel for him, but I'm also like. I don't have any desire to have that in my life. Um, And we've even talked about that of like, you know, daddy issues and like, okay, well, if I do have daddy issues then what even are those and like processing that. And I think it sucks because a lot of the times that statement even falls on the daughters where like, where is the conversation about why these fathers aren't able to be like to actually show up as 
great fathers in the first place. Right. And I and I don't think it is your responsibility to reach out. And if there's if there's uh-huh. and, and I'm not angry at your dad, but if there's anything I would choose to be angry about, it would be him not reaching out. Because I feel as a parent So and I as will say ad- this though. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> when I left when mom moved me from Bridgeton, New Jersey to mm-hmm. Seattle, mm-hmm. again this was back in the day. This was uh-huh. like late nineties. Uh they, his mom, and this is the thing, again, he had just finished high school. Like, this mm. is me, like, giving him breaks, right? Uh-huh. He had just finished high school. He didn't really know what he was doing. He, like, kind of had another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, was trying to go to community college. Where, like, his mom, and he has a few sisters as well, and, like, they were the ones reaching out, trying mm-hmm. to, like, yeah. gain contact with me. Mm-hmm. And then in middle school, mm-hmm. MySpace came up, mm-hmm. and they were like, do you want to meet your dad? Don't you want to meet your dad? And I was like, I don't really know who this mm-hmm. dude is. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a stranger to me. Like, yeah. not really. Don't you want to meet this? stranger don't you want to meet yeah Yeah, yeah. the stranger that like i was like what and then in high school was uh you know facebook where Mm -hmm. he then would reach out via facebook and Mm -hmm. it was very like i'm your father Mm -hmm. you know blah blah you were taken away from me like i'm your father and where i was like okay but you're also like you're kind of a stranger like Mm -hmm. you're not and you know i get that you see yourself as my father but i for the most part, I've really never met you. Mm-hmm. Like I was a Absolutely. baby and you weren't really present then. And, you know, he was defensive and, you know, you got to respect your elders. You know, you don't talk smack to me like that. And I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. no, no. And I think, I think he, I think you owe it to yourself to find out why he didn't step up. Well, I and, know why, but I don't so, he to- so he told you himself. What, what no. literally, <laughs> A, he had no clue where I went. They okay. tried to find lawyers. They mm-hmm. literally could not figure out where I went. His sisters told me that. So your mom kidnapped you? In their eyes, yeah. Okay. To their family, to his mom. Okay. To his mom, yeah. Okay. I was the, the one that got away. And I'm like, well, he gave y'all 10 others. <laughs> um, but no, that's beside the point. Right. Um, but I do think, like, I don't feel a need to have an explanation from him as to why he didn't show up for me because... Okay. I honestly, knowing his life and knowing the tools that he did have, Mm -hmm. I would feel like it'd be harsh to even have that expectation of him to be capable of that. And that's not even meant as like an insult, but that's the fucking reality of it. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing that he has had many other children where he still has not stepped up Mm -hmm. all for those same reasons and where any, like anytime I do talk to one of my siblings, they are equally if not even more hurt Mm -hmm. and in pain and feeling like he's not there for them and Mm -hmm. feeling like they get their hopes up and then he's not there and it's like well do you understand why and i think they are the ones that maybe seek that information and conversation from him more especially you know my one brother Mm because that's like his his you know father daughter father son son relationship Mm -hmm. um but for me, I don't feel like I need this like explanation from him of why. I'm like, I get why. I'm like, I really, I don't know what else you were supposed to do. Yeah. Shit was kind of stacked against you. <clears throat> and I don't feel like you didn't try or that I needed you to try more because really what, what were you supposed to do? And I said this to him when I mm-hmm. met him, I said, well, so have you heard of condoms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think as a, as, and I mean, I, I agree and I, and I think that is a great question, but how for me, I mean, my heart goes out to him, not in a sympath, 
empathetic way, but yeah. it's like I don't think has, he would be mad at you. No, 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 no. I don't. And as I thought of it, but my like what I read like as a black male, then I started thinking of like my like pathologies and like mm-hmm. did he have that model to him? Did he have mm-hmm. the good father mm-hmm. model to him? Did he have did he have like people show like a male showing up to him? So there's all these like layers that well, that, from what I know, mm-hmm. he in some ways repeated a little bit of a cycle because mm-hmm. I think from what I've known, his mom and dad were still together, but that his dad was like a ladies' man. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is who, yeah, he, yeah. And he's the only son of right. I think it's three or four, three, and three every sisters. every child. So, so we you know through your studies, like every. Every child wants, every male, every boy wants to be like their dad. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's that, there's that piece to it. Yeah. And then there's the pathology piece, like the piece we don't even realize is getting da- downloaded, that mm-hmm. what was taught to him was in order to be a male, yeah. these are the things you have to do. Yeah. And so that's, that's why, like, I say, like, like, you know, like my, I, I feel bad for him because I think in his mind he was doing what is his normal. Well, he certainly made it his normal after yeah, yeah. the fourth, after the fifth, yeah. after like. Right, right. But if this is what's modeled to you, like, does he have other siblings? So if it is your normal, and I think part of your, your, your daddy issues is part of that, like, like, because you might not feel it, but there's a little bit of anger in there. Because and- it feels like, how do you, how do you not know? How do you not? How how do you not pull out? Because, plan B. Plan B. Because of education, no, and I know of, that, yeah, yeah. and that is part of what also like furiates me about our um, system yeah. and about the fact I mean, that he didn't have I, those resources. I'm, I mean, I I'm aware. Like I've I'm super aware. Like I'm, I'm a proud like condom user. Not now that I'm married, but. You know, like learning, like when we had kids, like learning, like there's actually really a small window to get a woman pregnant. And like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like we just in the U.S. education system, we are taught so little about like reproduction and sex. Okay. And then like when you add on to that, like. Being black in America. Yeah. And all the other things. So it does make me sad because I think he does fulfill more of that role of what people think of as a stereotypical black absent father mm-hmm. who's in and out of jail and who sells drugs. And it's like, I know, well, A, that's partly why I'm glad you did stay in my life because it is like a model of something that's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, like I would just ask, like you knowing who I am, like I could leave here today and go to jail. Yeah. And then I would fit everybody other's mm-hmm. stereotype. But you have a relationship. So that's the important piece that I think is missing between you and your dad is you don't have the relationship where you know all the other things that make it not what had had like like for me at the basic he should like I'm just thinking like if if you were Naya or if I was your dad, I would do everything I would spend every day trying to reach out to my kids every day. But I nah. have but I have more of a worldly I have I have a lot more I could have more than what he brings to the table. So he's yeah, not nah, I don't think he thinks like that. Right. But I'm saying there's reasons why. 
well, and part of it could be like you know like like he's been reaching out to his dad or was reaching out to his dad i mean so for a while he still lived with his with his parents for a while i think okay so that's so not his the dad case. is present in his life right right yeah. so maybe he thanks the kids if they want to and this is the thing like we sit at home and like well if she wants to be in my life she would reach out and it's like no you're the dad well like, i think there's there's layers to it how i've processed it because it's he was graduating high school mm-hmm. when I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, in his perspective, took me away from him. Mm-hmm. So he was robbed mm-hmm. of a chance to be a father to me. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I get that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that did set the stage for him with his future kids to mm-hmm. feel like, you know, okay, well, I don't really need to be here. Like, they're going to be fine. Their mom's got this. But at the same time, Or it's, maybe do I want to even try to connect? Because what if the mom what if they just, just take them away? away? Yeah. 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 Um, but on the other hand, in my head, I'm like, well, you know, he hasn't really shown any different with his other children. So how would it have been any different if my mom hadn't taken me away? Because he also wasn't really present when I was there. Right. Um, but then but- I think the better question is, how did that affect you where he wouldn't want to reach out? And that's why I'm saying, like, at some point, you can either make the choice to, like, have him answer. And it sounds like you're not, like, you don't need that. I don't but think I, I ever really did because mom and I were so close. And it was like she she was both to me. And, again, I think the way that I was raised, you know, my mom having me really young and uh, – being a single mom for a lot of it, even when she did marry my stepdad, Jason, he was in the Air Force, so he was still gone a lot, and it was mainly me and her. But mm-hmm. that, you know, growing up, I there were never really times where I was like, well, what about my real dad? Where's my real dad? Like, no, absolutely. I, I didn't particularly have that strong desire of like, you know, well, I want to be like with my dad. And I think mm-hmm. partially because that, well, you, I didn't really see that model. Yeah, I didn't see that model to like, be like, why oh, would I you, want that. Why would you want to be with a stranger? Yeah. yeah. No, no. And I and, I and also that. he was black and I was not around <laughs> anyone else that was black. Right, right. So then that to me, even then as a kid is like, that's different. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in South Carolina and I experience all this racism and it's like this terrible negative thing to be black, right. then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well then if the part of me that's ugly and terrible is black. And Why then, would I want to associate that? Yeah. Because you have, I mean, outside of your dad, you have probably a beautiful grandmother, a beautiful grandfather who are flawed. Aunts, aunts and aunts too. and uncles and, and, and part of who, who you are in your being part of who you are. And, I don't know. Like while how I can and I have no problem and I'm honored to step up and 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 I feel as a as a man of color that is part of my role as is to step up. Mm-hmm. Um and but I think like in the end it's going to be your decision and I will support any decision that you make. Um but I think at the same time, like they're outside of him, there are these other people that could be suffering. And maybe they've heard that you don't want nothing to do with him. So you probably don't want anything to do with them. And so there's there's so many layers. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. yeah. And it gets so complicated. Um, but yeah, just, just we kind of got a little off subject here. But Daddy issues. Yeah. But um, 
Father's Day. Yeah, and you, yeah, you still have, you know, like I, I had daddy issues, and I was raised with my father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's just. It's but there normal. is like a, there's a very specific thing of like people, like guys using daddy issues, like against girls that they date, and I've never had anyone like uh, bring that up to me. But yeah. I do try to reflect on that, knowing that my biological dad ha- was not present in my life. Of mm-hmm. like, how has that really impacted me on a deeper layer? And. Mm-hmm. I really don't know, and it's probably something I'll continue to to process, but I know that like having you in my life as what I consider like a chosen family, chosen father figure that like that has felt like healing in ways that probably uh, like in deeper layers, I don't even really know mm-hmm. um but that it does feel like you know with Naya and Calais even of being able to see myself in these other people that do feel like family, that there is such this like, kind of how you said like with dating or, you know, with being married to Leonore that like with everything happening in the world and, you know, dealing with racism that it's like so healing to come home and not have to explain your experience and not having to explain the impact and Mm -hmm. where for me, I've always had to explain that. I've always had to be like, okay, well, it's because of this and this. And like, oh, well, you don't see that. Okay, so let me explain this. And that it's like a different layer of healing in a familial way of being seen and of feeling validated and of feeling valued and worthy and understood that like makes such a difference and has really only been, you know, in the last five years of my life. Yeah, because, and this is another thing that all parents that have biracial children that aren't with the other side be it white well i feel like white you will absorb it just because through society at some point your child is going to step into their that other side and i think that it's like beyond like basically their survival Mm -hmm. will be like if there's if they have no one to go through yeah. They're going to go through life like disliking. I don't want to use hate, but disliking that part. Yeah, disliking themselves. And, and, and that's totally what I experienced. Yeah. And and it's it's like you have to have someone and, and I and I think like even if you didn't met me, I just I wanna think that hopefully somebody else would have <laughs> stepped up or like a friend's parent or something would have stepped in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, my 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 heart goes out to your dad because who you turned out to be, like, and this is one thing I would say from our relationship that I will, I take into my relationship with Naya is that, um, I limited, and this will you know like forgive me for this, but who I saw you being was so limited. What do you mean? What do I mean by that? So, <laughs> yeah, please explain. <laughs> so, like, when I used to think, like, what is Taylor going to be? Like, what is she going to be in life? What is she going to do? Like, what is, you know, like all mm-hmm. these things? I'm like, you know, like, you have excelled that beyond where, like, I knew you would go to school and you would have like an office job. Like, you know, like I saw, but what you, so, like, my vision, which was still, a good vision. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I knew you'd be productive and like you have exceeded that beyond like, I mean, I can't like life forms that now when I look at Naya, I, I have no vision mm-hmm. 
of her because I don't want that to compress, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't want to push her into, you know, that that one thing I've absorbed from, you know, having a practice daughter, The if, if, if folks want to go out there and find a <laughs> practice son, but before you have children, like just connecting, like mm-hmm. it's to kind of, I think my role now is just kind of allowing Naya to be my teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I think that's a difficult thing sometimes for parents to switch a flip on because it feels like, oh, you know, I'm 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 the teacher, no, I'm no, the adults. No. But I've I mean, even even in taking that approach, like I've healed so much of my little inner child. Yeah. Because, I think that is part of what maybe also feels intimidating or uncomfortable for parent, for yeah. my father. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm Yeah. Say it. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> Because I am in a much different place than him and probably a place that he would have never been able to see for himself or be able to see for me and probably hasn't been able to see yet or can see for any of his other children. Right. And then sit in that though. Like because... Well, I also know that part of that is in a place of privilege because I'm also the only person that has a white mom. Correct, so I do have correct. different, but there's a lot of mix and a white stepdad who was in military. Who like, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of mixed kids out there that still don't achieve the things that you have. So yeah, a lot of things have fueled you as well to true to to continue to, <laughs> to continue on. So and yeah, and, and honestly, saying, part like, of it is that pettiness of like. You know, okay, yeah, no one in my family has, like, gone to school, you know? So, like, people might not think that, you know, that I would go and get a graduate degree or that I could, you know, do something like go to Hopkins. Like, so, like, like the pettiness in me is like, yeah, no, I will. But, you know, as you shift, though, as you you continue this journey through life, and I think this this happened with the whole Amy, whatever her name is, in New York— is Cooper. that yeah? Until you form a relationship with people, you're still a black woman. Yes. So all that you bring to the table, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter to a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, because Christian <clears throat> was Harvard grad yeah. and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I get that. But it matters to me on, and I think it would matter to your dad, and I think it matters to other. It will. It matters to Naya because. Mm-hmm. I hopefully it's not pettiness that was to drive because I don't want Naya to think. All right, I being petty is good, and this is what's going to get me, you know, through school and everything. But there's a drive, and 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 mm-hmm. what you have accomplished is rare for women of color. So as you sit in that, comes a lot of. And and definitely, like, you've had privileges, and this is why I tell white people, like, that sulk with white privilege. Like, you use your superpower. White privilege mm-hmm. is a superpower to me. And if I could if I could go to Costco and buy, like, like white privilege, I would definitely buy some white privilege. So you take that white privilege, your superpower, it. and use it to uplift other people. Yeah. So at some point, like, you have to – because many people helped you, pulled you up, saw mm-hmm. something in you and and – yeah. And and it was maybe an external village, because like for me, sure. I wasn't in the village. I looked out, and then I and then I wanted to bring you into my village, um, yeah. because Never I knew at, at some point you were going to need a person of color. I knew that when you 
were five, six, and seven. I knew you were going because there was a day that I would say probably within the last five years when you come into your color Mm -hmm. that... Well, like I feel like I come into like both where it's like, okay, I'm not just you know, expressing my whiteness and suppressing my blackness, but that I'm showing up in both. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You can, but how I look at it as you are showing up as a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because that's how society, now how you view yourself, how your your followers might view you, how the bachelor might view you is like, um, being interracial, mm-hmm. but interracial is a label they created. Biracial? Or biracial or mulatto. Mm-hmm. This is a label they created yeah. to only put you above people that weren't mixed. So you got to go into the end, because you were mixed and you carried the label of interracial mixed mulatto. Back in the day, you would have been able to work in the house. Yeah. Where the, so for me that. to chip away at, like, I'm black. I know I have white. I know that. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 and me revealed, brought it all out. 23 and me. Whatever. Um, well, 24, because we had a secret. Um, <laughs> but revealed yeah. all that to me, which I knew, but there's a point like it didn't matter like mm-hmm. society even though i can, i can go out and say like look my dna says this that's not going to help me with yeah. the cop yeah. so that's the one drop rule I, that is yeah, how society yeah. still and sees I don't, me i don't i look at you as a woman of a person of color to uplift that so yeah and i don't think i ever identified myself as that until the last 5 years and i think a big part of that was being able to have those, those experiences with you and with naya and Calais. All right Right. Well, that makes me feel good because I don't ever want you to look at yourself negatively. And that's if you're black and white, white and white, blue and like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to say blue because that's not the color, but um, of a person. But like if you're Asian and white, like mm-hmm. you should be able to hopefully we'll get to a place where society, it won't matter. Hopefully, but, but or it can be celebrated and not right. be something that you're shamed for and supposed to feel bad about. Right. But and that's why I celebrate you going to job Hopkins as a woman of color, not as a biracial woman, mm-hmm. because it lets because in that statement, a little black girl is going to hear. Yeah, oh, it's going to be harder for me because I'm not because I'm not mixed. Yeah, because yeah. I don't have that yeah. whiteness in me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there's so many layers to all of it, um, but I'm definitely very, very thankful that you did stay in my life. And you know, when I think about celebrating fathers or expressing you know love towards fathers, that you're definitely like the first person that comes to my mind. Not only partially because I see how you are literally stepping into fatherhood and have stepped into fatherhood with Naya and Calais, but also recognizing where there have been really, really significant aspects of my growth and of my becoming of a woman that I would not have had this support with if you weren't in my life. And so I'm super happy that you, you know, we're open to coming on this episode and celebrate Father's Day in a way. And, you know, you do always show up for me. And I know that there's like not one thing that I could ask you that you'd be like, no, or, you know, 
go do that yourself or like certainly you might encourage me to but that like, like I know that the, tonight. yes like I need to do laundry <laughs> <laughs> but that but that you will always be there for me and that I don't no, have absolutely. to question that or question if you care about me or if you care about the people in my life or if I'm going to do some stupid shit if you're going to like call me out and be like Taylor that's some stupid shit like just knowing that I do have that support makes such a difference even as, as being an adult of being 26 almost 27 like it's it means a lot so thank you no absolutely and like i want to say like thank your dad your birth dad and i thank your mom um thanks for having sex y'all yeah for coming together i thank your mom for allowing me to still be mm-hmm. because as she got married and formed a uh a family um mm-hmm. She could have easily yeah. drifted apart, and I think for I think Jason for even mm-hmm. you know because as you form a family, allowing a man of color you know yeah. to to stay active in your life in your daughter's life because I mean I'm sure there's white people that want to raise their daughter to be white, and mm-hmm. so I thank them for that, um, and I thank you for um, proving me wrong, showing me how to be a better father. Showing me how to step up more in the role of a father, um, and basically learning to be a student in uh, my role of being a father when it comes mm-hmm. to my children, um, and learning, you know, from them instead of them learning from me, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Yeah. And uh, also thankful for my children being able to basically have. You know, there'll be a day, if all goes well, there'll be a day where I won't be here any longer and my children will be old. And it gives me comfort knowing that my kids have somebody I know Mm -hmm. um, will steer them always in the right direction. Um, Even when they disappoint, like even when you, when they disappoint you, Mm -hmm. that you will still, you know, love them and, and be supportive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Of course. Um, now, I usually end this episode with like, you know, or episodes with, you know, where can people find you if they want to follow your work? <laughs> I think I have. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. And Which be, I don't even know if on. you want to do. Hold I don't on, think hold you on. Do that. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can be part of my, I think I have 20 something followers now. <laughs> um, if I can figure out how to add you. Um, but no, the last episode, I did have a couple people did reach out. Oh, really? For me. Yeah, like two or three people okay. wanting to know the correct name of the book because I think I oh, said the yeah. wrong um, name mm-hmm. of the book. Um, and just people just, you know, saying like, thank you or whatever. Um, but yeah, like my Instagram page is not very, like nothing's going on. It's um, a few photos of, of the Now, kids, if you're on but... Facebook, now you can find me. My Facebook is like on point. Um, okay. And it's uh, super controversial. Um, always. It's a lot of talk about race on my mm-hmm. Facebook page. Uh, yeah. A lot of talk about, um, uh, it's very hard as a white person, I think, to... To be friends with you on Facebook? (laughs) Not to be friends with me, but to sit on a lot of posts. But I think if you're in the position of wanting to better yourself. If you open. um, Yeah, like you. I think I I post a lot of stuff to help help people get to the next stage if you're on that uh, road of being a true ally. Mm -hmm. Not where you call yourself an ally. Yeah. But... Just getting to that point. So how would someone mm. find you on Facebook? 
I don't know. I guess you just put my name in. I don't know. People find me. I don't I'll know. I'll put the link to your okay. Facebook page in the episode <laughs> That's notes. how they find me. <laughs> um, again, thank you, Rob, for no, coming thank on. You. It was great. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast um, and, again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.